Welcome to Cloudlandia. Mr. Sullivan. Mr. Jackson, I've seen you more than I've seen the sun over the last week. Isn't that amazing? I was just thinking that same thing. What a week. <laughs> yeah. This I mean, from our floating... Uh, I, think, I think Monday yeah. was the only week we missed, so... No, Monday uh, we saw each other. We were floating... We were floating on the water on Monday. Oh yes, that's right. That's exactly right. So we've—it's uh, eight days. It's—it's it's, uh, eight days running. <laughs> Isn't that something? And that's and a good here thing. we are. What a week! And that's a good thing. Yeah, what a week! It was really yeah. good week, actually. So much, uh, so much good stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Anyway, thank you for yesterday. That was uh, that was a treat. That was nice. Great to have. It was, I, you know, I was thinking it just dawned on me the uh, on Friday, uh, you know, that I had my event and realizing we don't have to go. We don't have to go anywhere to to be part mm-hmm. of this. I could just say, mm-hmm. hey, you want to come on? This is uh, the greatest. So for people listening, I had my. Um, I have a group of uh, real estate agents. We had a mastermind um, that normally we've done in person. That was the last group, actually, Dan, that I was with in person. Um, Mm -hmm. We always, on the last uh, weekend of February every year, Mm -hmm. we do our our GoGo Agent Academy. And um, so that was the last live. group in in uh, Orlando that I saw but I realized this week I have not been more than 90 minutes by car away from the four seasons Valhalla in one <laughs> year now yes yeah 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 well two things about that uh, your group is the last uh, live group that I've spoken to in Toronto yeah, we did that at the convention center a couple of That's years right. ago. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, my, uh, I would double your time away because it's three hours to our cottage. So mm. that's the furthest. That's the furthest I've done. That's something. So yeah. the um, let's go through some of the things we had our uh, second annual free zone frontier summit instead of being at the boulders we were live in cloudlandia actually it was our third uh we did one the first year in chicago and that was in february and people uh stayed downtown and i think we were at the uh, chicago athletic club on michigan avenue and uh, that's right there must have been yeah there was somewhere there there must have been some reason why I wasn't uh, yeah. there, but yeah, mm-hmm. so that doesn't sound yeah, like was, me at all. No, uh, so that was <laughs> the third, and uh, and uh, I have to tell you, when our team got together afterwards, we said, you know, um, I said, uh, first of all, I, I want to tell you something. What I was thinking, I'm talking to my team now, so I'm recounting what I said to my team. Um, the boulders, everything is so spread out that I probably spend six hours of my summit walking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, from one place, uh, from, 
from one place to another. And I, uh-huh. I said, and it was easy to get lost. So I probably did more walking <laughs> uh, than I need have. And uh, so it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's really uh, what, what I am putting an emphasis uh, more and more on uh, with my team regarding the Zoom workshops, I said, bring them in early. Like I said, let's open the doors 10 minutes early. Yeah. Uh, and I said, um, and, uh, you know, leave um, leave them to talk to each other at breaks. And we do a break yeah. every hour, you know, our normal uh, in-person habit uh, going yeah. back 30, 30 years is that the, the Ten minute break at the end of every hour is important because I think people kind of uh, integrate uh, what they've learned um, during that. So I give them fifty hours where they have to uh, fifty minutes where they have to focus, and then uh, ten minutes where they get together. Uh, you know, and they talk and everything like that. And I said, yeah. Um, yeah, I said I think they're kind of filled up after fifty minutes. You know, yeah, you know, you know and now they need to walk it off or talk it off or, you know, uh, uh, eat it off or whatever they want to do during that 10 minute period. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, I have not found um, anyone else. uh, Well, I haven't been, you know, I was two years and it was, you know, we were in the 50 minute mark when we finished, you know, we were in the 50 minute, uh, we were in the sixth, Jackson time period when we mm-hmm. finished up yeah. yesterday. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I just find I go to places, um, you know, like uh, Abundance 360, and it's like two and a half, sometimes two and a half hours, and it's just nonstop. No break, uh, right. No break. And I said, you know, yeah, uh, I, I, I was filled up at the 50 minute mark and yeah. had to put in, I had to put in more time. So, uh, it's an interesting, I mean, it's an interesting, it's just an interesting thing how other people do it. But um, mm-hmm. uh, we found that that, uh, you know, um, have them thinking, have them talking, then room is talking, take a break. And yeah. then repeat, you know, and then repeat. Yeah, and, um, and, yeah I really liked yeah. that format. That was really, uh, that was good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And being, you know, uh, I mean, just the fact, listen, we had a whole week where literally we would have been like, imagine that week. I would have still had all of those events, but it would have been impossible for me to be at um, 100K and then come back in time for my uh, for my event here in Orlando. But I was able to pull all of them off. So you started on Friday night? Did you start on Friday? No, no, night? we just no, no, we just did Saturday. That was it. Saturday, normally, okay. we, yeah, normally we would have done Friday and Saturday live, but yeah. we just yeah. did one day um, from Concentrate, you know, kind of yeah. virtual, which was uh, which was good. Yeah, but you know, um, I um, this is a great experiment that's happening globally. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where never in history have um, uh, has the world kind of been shut down. I mean, uh, right. not all countries are doing it the same way, and even in 
the United States. Not all the states are doing it the same way. But I think everybody has the experience of seeing things being slowed down or stopped Mm -hmm. altogether. And we're talking about 8 billion, you know, 8 billion people. You know, you can't get from here to there. And, uh, you know, things have stopped. And I got to believe that um, it's unpredictable what people are going to do with this experience. I know they're going to do something with this experience, but I think it's unpredictable. And I think that the um, people in control, you know, governments and their <clears throat> regular, regulatory police forces, um, may think that they know what's going to happen, but I, I got a feeling they don't know what's going to happen. I think that yeah. there's, there's a well, mood. We see what is happening. There's a mood, there's a mood change going on yeah. here, you know, and it's, uh, you know, it's an individual. Individuals are, you know, they're having a shift of mood, but I think uh, in collective force, they're having uh, a shift of mood too. And, uh, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out, let's say, over the next two or three years. Yeah. You know, well, I know one way it already is playing out is uh, we had uh, two separate realtors in the group yesterday, one from North Carolina and one um, from Florida, who said they both had clients who their company that they work for told them that they um, they can keep their job, they can work from wherever, that they're never coming back to the office. They don't have to ever come back to the office. And so they decided one to move to North Carolina, one to move to uh, to Florida. Because you, you can do your job from anywhere. So much of mm-hmm. why we mm-hmm. live in certain areas geographically has been primarily because of, of work for most yeah. people, right? That's why cities become cities because the mm-hmm. commerce of it, you know, the convenience of being in proximity of all the people who are buying your stuff or, mm-hmm. but the, 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 you know, we're seeing the dismantling of the need for physical proximity in almost every mm-hmm. category. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be yeah, a fundamental it, it certainly, um, you know, I was thinking, uh, uh, I mentioned uh, <clears throat> uh, in passing uh, during the um, the 10 times call that um, I have this uh, member of the U.S. Congress you yeah. know, who's also a strategic coach client because he has a, you know, really growing, you know, growing, expanding business. And they they have some rules on, you know, how close he can be to that while he's a sitting member, but he owns it, you know, and he has good management. So that, that goes. And then um, he belongs to some, you know, very interesting think tanks. He's on the conservative, uh, conservative side of things. And uh, so he belongs to a think tank. And then um, I was telling him that at our summit, the Free Zone Summit on Tuesday, um, um, that Peter Zion had uh, come and talked to us, come virtually and mm-hmm. talked to us. And he says, oh my, 
golly, he says, is there any chance, he says, I have this organization uh, where uh, a lot of the people have read his book and they would love to have him come and see. Do you think there's any chance? And I said, well, Eleonora set up uh, the, um, you know, his presentation to us. So I'll just have Eleonora give a talk. And so I've just connected these two people. But the thing is that if it, if it required, you know, Peter to travel uh, and they had their meeting that was in a particular location, there would be all sorts of complexity. But here it's just an agreement that uh, on a certain day, in a certain time period, he'll zoom in and and talk to them. So that's already underway. And, you know, they're going back and forth. They've already been introduced. But. Um, I wouldn't have offered our services as in-between people if it involved travel. With Zoom, it's right. easy to be the intermediary, but with travel, uh, I said, geez, you know, he's a busy guy. You, you're a busy Everybody's busy guys, busy mm-hmm. gals. And uh, it's probably 10 times more detailed, 10 times yeah. more possibility of it not happening. But yeah. here, I'm pretty sure it could happen. Everybody could rearrange their schedule, you know, and uh-huh. uh, make, it, make it happen. So, yeah. That's, awesome. That's what I was talking about last week, about the law of gravity of travel. You know, that it's... Yeah. Uh, immediately, the gravitational laws of travel mean that it's uh, probably only 20% as good as if you could do the whole thing virtually, like yeah. your last week. You couldn't have done yeah. your last week uh, by travel. You'd have been worn out. Well, you wouldn't have even entertained the possibility. Well, the only thing that would have gone for it is that uh, if if the uh, if the Free Zone uh, Frontier Summit was in Arizona again, that would have been away because we could have gone to Arizona, done the free zone, and then gone right into uh, into 100K mm-hmm. up the street. But uh, even if it was in Chicago, we could have technically made it happen. You do Tuesday and then fly on Wednesday to get to uh, Phoenix and be mm-hmm. there. But it would have. Um, but I wouldn't have. A lot of bother though. To, my summit. Yeah. It would have been a lot, a lot of, of bother. bother. You're absolutely right. Like that's what's so um, even locally things, you know, like you look at, um, you know, I know that your Saturdays are you, you've got your Saturday morning routine and your haircut and your whole foods and, um, all that, but the Pusateries <laughs> and the fact that you could, <laughs> Uh, you know, just pop in at three o'clock and be done at four o'clock. There's yeah. no, uh, yeah, it's very, and, and have interesting conversation. Anyway, that's the fun. That's where the thing is that you really, um, you're removing all of the friction from things. I find that my capacity to do things, to do more, um, is there because of all the, there's no, no, uh, yeah. no friction around it. Yeah. One of the, the interesting, uh, things that I was taking a look at, um, uh, 
uh, in, um, I, I was, uh, I went on Google, um, Google maps on uh, Friday night. I, I had an hour and I went on Google maps and, uh, I found the, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about, but one of my great freedom breakthroughs when I was growing up on the farm is I got to go into the woods alone uh-huh. by myself when I was six years old, I could uh-huh. go into the woods and the condition being our uh, family dog had to be with me because, the, but he would, he would be because, uh-huh. uh, because uh, I had an in with the dog. Uh, you know, I really, I really treated the dog really well. You know, uh-huh. he wasn't just a dog, you know, he got to go places with me. So he would go there. And I said, I'm going to see what the woods looks like. So I went to Google map and, you know, after about 10 minutes, up zeroing in, I found oh, the, the uh, Google Earth. I, yeah. I, I actually found uh, I actually found the woods. Okay, oh, boy. and uh, and uh, they have whoever bought it. I mean, this is 60, 65 years ago. So whoever bought it uh, just cleared it up all buildings, and they just converted the entire uh, farm property to. Uh, uh, farm property to okay, um, farm land, you know, to fields, to fields. Yeah, and uh-huh. then, but the woods is still there. The woods is still there. So I went back and uh, yeah, and I looked at the woods, and then I uh, because I used to go and cross the fence line into the next woods. I went uh, two times to the right and two times to the left. So I had five woods actually, or five woods. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, um, and then I, um, went and I just started, um, going out and looking at the, you know, the, you know, two or three miles, you know, of where I'd grown up and, you know, there was a main state highway there, but there was this little town called Berlin Heights, Berlin Heights, Ohio. So I went to Wikipedia and I looked up Berlin Heights and, uh, it had never been more than a thousand people to this day. It's it's about uh, maybe five or six hundred people, but in its entire history, it had never been more than a thousand people. But um, I remembered once I saw this um, ruins of a railway bridge uh, in Berlin Heights, and uh, this is the point that I'm kind of make that in the early 1900s, 19, let's say 1910, that if you lived in Cleveland, uh, you could take a train, an electric train. These were, uh, these were interurbans. They, uh, okay. This was the actual name for them. And they're like streetcars. You know, they're like streetcars because they were electrically powered. And you could go to Berlin Heights, Ohio. So if you lived in the city of Cleveland, you could go to Berlin Heights because they had a station there and the bridge actually cut through and that bridge was taking people to the town that I grew up in. And, um, I remember talking to my mother when she, uh, when she was a child, she said when she was 10 years old, she had taken the interurban to Norwalk. And, and then, um, I said, well, how extensive was this? And then I got a map of the interurban uh, railway 
And where you, you could, could get go. To almost, you could get from anywhere to almost anywhere else in 1910, uh, not using cars. You weren't taking cars, but on well, the interurban highway. And then by 1930, it was all gone. It was all gone, the uh, urban network. It lasted for about 30 years. Oh, my goodness. And and uh, it was uh, really, really amazing. But the whole map, it just showed all these towns in Ohio. And, uh, and you know, there were other states who uh, had this connection. And that. Then at a certain point, unless you owned a car and you drove a car, you couldn't get to any of those places. Yeah. Did you, uh, was it that one of your big uh, coming of age things of getting to explore on the the train or the interurban yourself? No, I was born in 44 and that was all. Okay. Oh, oh all so that was. By the, it was so by the third. No remember, who killed, from... remember who killed Roger Rabbit? Uh, the, uh, uh, yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, that that the whole plot line there is that Los Angeles had this amazing interurban uh, train system, and um, um, this is in the nineteen you know nineteen hundred to nineteen thirty, and the whole plot, which is actually a true plot is that General Motors uh, started creating false front companies. And these false front companies would buy the interurban companies. It wasn't a government-run system. It was a privately-run system. And Los Angeles maybe had three or four companies who uh, who controlled the interurban electric railways. And so they... Uh, but they were, you know, they weren't real profitable. They were useful, but not profitable. And General Motors, through their front companies, uh, would buy these interurban companies. And then what they did, if the schedule said that it was a half hour, it was 20 minutes between trains, um, General Motors would say, uh, change it uh, next month. The, there's 25 minutes between trains. And then six months later, they there's 30 minutes between trains. And then people said, you know, uh, takes too long. We're waiting too long. And they just scheduled them out of existence. And then they failed. Oh, my goodness. And, and then they bought up all the tracks and they tore out all the tracks. Uh, uh, General Motors, these friend companies, tore out all the tracks. They wow. said, uh, Yeah. Yeah, and that's the, the. I mean, that's the plot line behind the movie "Who Killed Roger Rabbit." It's it's an actual true story. I mean, it's an actual reality, and they did it in the other cities, and that's why uh, the United States, most of the cities, don't have really good uh, public transportation because General Motors uh, didn't, didn't want, want to have good. Didn't want. Wow, to no good alternative. <laughs> yeah, this is something, isn't it? The whole all the regulation against um, improvement, you know, like we're looking, but now it's almost like there's no, the resistance has, has arisen, right? The voice of the people <laughs> wouldn't, well, wouldn't allow it. I don't like know. That. I don't know how you get a hint if you're a regulator, you know, your government regulator. I don't know how you get a handle on this one, you know, uh -huh. um, uh, because first of all, I don't think they even know it's happening. Right. You know? 
Yeah, you wonder, right? Like that whole... Because I don't think this is a mode of communication and teamwork and collaboration that lends itself well to how government bureaucrats um, build their careers. Right. Yeah, you know, because fundamentally the whole thing has changed with everybody being, um, you know, there's certainly more... Anybody, citizens have an out, uh, have a, you know, a, a platform to, you know, create resistance and shine lights on things and make real things happen. I think it's swinging, though. Did you, I just noticed yesterday, yesterday or two days ago in the news that Hasbro has canceled Mr. Potato Head. That in the, I read that I read after in the interest you, of after gender uh, you were my you were my Paul Revere on this one yeah so you told me I said what what so uh, that night that very very night uh, Thursday Thursday evening I went home and I read three articles on Hasbro canceling yeah. Mister Potato Head uh, uh, I was devastated I have to tell you um, yeah um, you know you. You know me, I'm pretty good with change. I'm pretty good with yeah. sudden news. But um, um, yeah, I, I had a mournful end of Thursday. I mean, is it, I don't understand like what's going on with this, um, you know, the whole, um, just this whole, this is what I'm saying, this uprising of, the name now it's even got the name of cancel culture that mm-hmm. the um you know that everything they're rewriting everything like who, who what i just don't understand how is mr potato head yeah a problem well it brings up yeah. i mean it brings up a really good topic yeah uh, you know and um the main thesis, like a particular author's name is being mentioned more and more today, and it's George Orwell. You know, George oh, Orwell, yeah. Orwell is famous um, mainly for the book 1984 and the mm-hmm. movies that, uh, and it's the um, total control of government um, uh, over. Uh, what people are allowed to know and what people are allowed to think. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, and so a lot of people are pulling Orwell off the shelf and rereading the novel. And then they're starting to read other things that Orwell, and there's a British guy. He was uh, British, but he mainly grew up in India and his father was um, a British, uh, kind of a British you know, authority in a part of India, and uh, Orwell himself spent a lot of his time, but he was a writer, and um, he observed things, and uh, he was basically writing about the end of the British Empire, which kind of ended in the 20 years after the Second World War. Um, They had been an empire, and they really you know, aren't an empire anymore. They have a thing called the Commonwealth, but it's more mm-hmm. of a 
you know, it's more of a family reunion sort of thing than it is any, it's not, doesn't have any political power. But Orwell is that, uh, um, you know, is mind control, really. It's about mind mm-hmm. control. And one of the ways that you control people's minds is that you remove their memory of what happened in the past. And one of the ways you do that is you look at the present circumstances and anything that doesn't agree with the ruling philosophy, we're going to, we're going to destroy that statue. We're going to change that name. We're going to remove this fact. And Mr. Potato Head obviously um, became a major threat to present thinking, that mister. Mm-hmm. And it was the mister, it was the mister that, um, uh, you know, and if you looked at Mr. Potato Head, it wasn't Mrs. Potato Head. You could tell it it wasn't a Mrs. Potato Head. Right. It was a Mr. Potato Head. But there is a Mrs. Potato Head. There is a Mrs. Yeah. There's a Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Potato Head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's even in, I mean, it's a, but he's, it's in, it's an actual character though. Like, I mean, in Toy Story, Mr. Potato Head, he always said, that's Mr. Potato Head to you. So how are we like, how is that? Like, I, this is what I really don't um, understand is the, what's um, going on, you know? Like, how is it that, that, uh, yeah, I mean, Santa, you've got Santa Claus is a man. Um, I don't know. Are we going back? Are all characters? uh, Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, um, there's a starting point for this, actually. uh, And um, uh, it's one, one person. And, uh, and I've read a lot about him for about the last, 15 years, and his name was Antonio Gramsci. And Antonio Gramsci was a um, a writer and a political activist in Italy. And he was a Marxist. Okay, so he, Uh he, and he had been observing what had happened to Marxism since Marx wrote the Communist Manifesto. And um, that was 1840, I think 1848. Karl uh, uh, Marx, and that's sort of you know in the Marxist world, the communist world, uh, that's kind of like um, the uh, beginning act. That's kind of like the beginning thing. And uh, um, yeah, Marx was in, I think, in um, Brussels. He lived in Brussels, Belgium, and he uh, wrote this. And it's very short, actually. Uh, I wrote, I read it last week. You can read the Communist Manifesto. Uh-huh. Hour, I have a copy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's very provocative, you know, and Marx was a very good writer. And uh, he was describing what he observed that capitalism was doing to the world. And he really, we have much to thank for the term capitalist because he's the one who kind of coined the term. Uh, you know, the person who names the game owns the game. Well, yeah. He, he sort of well, when you the add game. an ism on to when you add an ism, on ism yeah. yeah, yeah, and so that's 1840s, 1850s. You jump ahead, uh, 19 teens or 1920s, and this Marxist in Italy, very young, he was about 25, 
1920 by the name of Gramsci. He said, you know, um, we're approaching this run. He said, um, first of all, the workers are never going to go for this. The workers are never going to go. And I mean, you know, Marx and everybody else, you know, in the future, the workers who work in the factories will own the factories. And, and you know, and he says, you know, it's never going to work. And Gramsci said, you know why? He said, uh, because there are some, and this is the word he uses, hegemonic structures, hegemony, you know, hegemony. Mm. Yeah, and he said that what capitalism has is hegemonic structures, and there's some major ones. And one of them, for example, is the school system. The school system is a hegemonic structure. Mm-hmm. He said the um, the um, the uh, mediums of public uh, news are hegemonic structures. The news media is a hegemonic structure. And then he said, but the one, uh, and religion, religion, especially Christianity is a hegemonic structure. And he said, but the biggest one is the family. The family is the most powerful hegemonic structure of all. And it's based on a man and a woman get together. They, they commit to each other for a lifetime and they raise their children and that's that family structure. So he said, this is what we have to do. We have to start infiltrating the hegemonic structures. We have to do a long march through the institutions. And he says, it'll take five or six generations, but we will continually alter their memory of the past. Mm. So that's why Mr. Potato Head, Mr. Potato Head, um, just got assassinated by Antonio Gramsci. Well, Dr. Seuss was canceled today. Dr. Seuss. Yeah, Dr. Seuss is canceled today. So I didn't read all the uh, rest of it, but that's uh, yeah, that's the next thing. But you know, these are all the kind of. That's, those I, are all I, I hope uh, I hope Pogo has made as well. <laughs> oh my goodness! Exactly. He's sort of androgynous. You know, Pogo was sort of androgynous, though. You know, yeah. he's kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was kind of in the. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to walk across the room here. Uh-huh. I'm going to look at something on the wall of my basement here at 39, and uh, I'm looking at a piece of original artwork. Uh, and, uh, it was a present to one of Bab's, uh, aunts, and it was original artwork from Post Hall Syndicate, and it's, uh, four characters, three characters, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's the original artwork from an actual Pogo cartoon, and it's, Best wishes to Rosemary from Walt Kelly. Wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's something. Yeah, I love, I mean, that, uh, you know, I, I love old uh, original cells like that. See, there's a lot. There was, it was very popular for a while. I, don't, I haven't seen it well, as much. 
Dean, can I ask you a question? Is the uh, shock of the cancellation of Mr. Potato Head, is this the decisive act that's going to drive you to the barricades? That's exactly right. <laughs> no, it's fully, I'm just shutting the door in Cloudlandia right behind me. Leave the, leave the mainland to be. And just like completely settle in to Cloudlandia. Yeah. I wonder, you know, the whole thing is, um, I, it really does. The more that we talk about this, about Flatlandia as a really new territory, a new civilization kind of uh, thing, it just, it fits so much, you know, that there are definitely new rules in, in Cloudlandia. And that's definitely where we're, um, where we're headed. You can, you can set up shop there. I've been in Cloudlandia for like literally every single thing that I have done this year to earn any amount of, of money could yeah. literally have been done from Namibia if I had <laughs> access to Cloudlandia. I could do it yes. from uh, a Namibian outpost uh, with yep. my access to Cloudlandia. It does not matter. And that is, that's new. That is yep, new it is to the brand extent new. that, you know, when, when I, I talked about it before that I still remember 1997 when, you know, uh, GQ or some magazine, mainstream magazine, you know, embedded an author or a writer in a New York City apartment to see if they could survive a week in a New York City apartment with their only means of access, the internet. Yeah. And they, you know, stumbled around and they found a, uh, you know, a Chinese food place online that they could order by email, you know, to get food delivered to them. And I mean, you can't, you can't. So, you kind of knew it had to be a Chinese restaurant, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, yeah. you know, but that yeah. now it's like, you know, it's such a, of course, yeah. the real Here, thing here's the, would be. Um, can, yeah. Here's my, here's my take on it. Um, yeah. uh, the Wild Kelly thing is strictly a mainland. Uh, it's a mainland thing. Okay. And, um, uh, my belief is that the entire political structure now of what's been going on in the world is essentially a mainland uh, form of entertainment. Actually, it's a form of entertainment. It uh, uh, doesn't matter who wins, doesn't matter who loses. It's all entertainment. Yeah. And that the real action is actually taking place in Cloudlandia. Uh -huh. But the the anger and the outrage uh, is that the opportunities in mainland are diminishing, but the people most involved in the fights uh, don't know that there's another world already in existence. And the brightest people, the most creative people, the most cooperative people have already jumped uh, yeah. into, they've already jumped into Cloudlandia. And now they're just looking back at the mainland and say, uh, you know, there's some, Good property in mainland, where mm -hmm. if you don't have to travel, if you don't have to travel, this is really a great place. I mean, everybody physically 
by the fact that you have a body and um, you have to be in the mainland somewhere. But now you really, really, I mean, you can really get choosy now. You can really get picky about yeah. uh, where in mainland you want to be. And it wouldn't be in the, yeah. by the way, Dean, it would not be, or Dean Jackson would not be in Nam- Namibia. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it would be in you Winter know, Haven. That's true. But you know why I say Namibia is funny? Because when Joe Polish and I did the first uh, I Love Marketing conference, we yeah. did a live stream of it. And we had two people um, streaming from Namibia. Yeah. And uh, so we would start every morning by having the whole audience turn to the cameras and say, good morning, Namibia. And yeah. it was our, uh, well, it's really interesting. Uh, with my podcast with Joe, the 10 times talk, one of the biggest collective gatherings uh, of all the listeners of the 10 times talk um, was in Kazakhstan. Wow, interesting. Kazakhstan. And I really had to go. I knew it was one of the stands. You know, there's yeah. about 10 of them. And they're, uh, you know, they're kind of between India and Russia. They're they're between the Middle East and everything yeah. that's properly considered. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, and, uh, and they listened. And what they did is that they had a mastermind group. And what they would do is they would listen to the podcast and oh. then they would, uh, uh, they would record them and then they would transcribe them. And then everybody's homework was to, read um the yeah. topics that Joe and I had discussed and then they had That's a great. um entrepreneurial um entrepreneurial mastermind group who talked about it. But uh it really struck me how um the world had really changed. You know. And uh I love it. Here's yeah. an interesting fact, interesting fact. Uh we've had clients in strategic coach um, probably since around 1992. So we started the program in 1989, and I think our very first client was in 1992. And so from then, uh, well, for the entire uh, history of Strategic Coach, up until what COVID started, we had had um, 26 clients from Australia in um in uh, strategic coach. Mm-hmm. So since September, we've now created uh, uh, coach global coach. Uh, you know, it's called global, yes. virtual global and mm-hmm. it's the strategic coach. And it's always just, um, you know, virtual. It's never, it's never right. in person. Yeah. And, um, and uh, since then we have uh, five more Australians who just signed up since September than we had in the first 31 years. Wow, that's great, isn't it? It's now a market. It's now yeah. a market, and we're yep. and now yep. we're now we're creating um, you know live marketing on on Zoom to to Australia, and the reason is they don't have to travel. Right. I mean, even in Australia, you know, from Perth Perth on the west to Sydney on the east is the same as LA to New York. I mean, right. The, mm-hmm. It's the same distance. The only difference yeah. is in the United States, there's actually something in between New York and Los Angeles. And in Australia, there is nothing in between <laughs> Sydney and, uh, yeah. and Sydney and yeah. Perth. The outback. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And you start to really, when you embrace that, though, you know, this is what I was saying that, uh, you know, when you brought up the no gravity, um, it takes a while to, uh, for that to sink in. Yeah. You know, that there's really nothing. You know, when I said that out loud the other day, that there's no, I literally could have done everything that I've done from Namibia. Um, there's yeah. no, yeah, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter where we yeah, are. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, well, it's interesting. Uh, if you look at world history, you know, there's humans as recognizably humans. Uh, the, you know, the number is bandied about when, when can we say that the crossover to humans was where we weren't Neanderthals, we weren't some other thing that was humanoid, but we were actual humans. And uh, it's about 100,000 years, 100,000 mm -hmm. years. But it took uh, pretty well up until the last, um, um, probably last, I'm just going through my history right here, probably up until about a thousand years ago. So out of the hundred, hundred thousand years, 99% of that time had to pass before you could have a city with a population of a million people. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it took 90. You know what the problem was? You couldn't have your food source more than three miles away from the center, center oh, right. of the city. Okay. Yes. And the, and and uh, if you didn't have farms all around the city, you could, you couldn't have a population, except if you were on a really good river, on a really good river where the, you know, um, yeah, yeah, you could uh, you could move much more much more quickly, and that's why uh, you know Egypt, of course, with the Nile, and London with the Thames, and. Yeah, uh, you know, you have it. but if you look at really, all yeah. the all the places that became bigger, big cities, um, they they were first of all they were right in the middle of very fertile uh, agricultural land, and they had really good transportation. They had road system, and you know, the, uh, London it's, or Rome itself was the center, but they weren't a million. There weren't a million people living in the city of Rome. What are the natural resource equivalents in Cloudlandia? I mean, it would be high speed, you know, I mean, the access, uh, internet access is, is one, certainly. Well, I think that, uh, you know, I think Zoom is because Zoom, yeah. uh, with a year under my belt of using nothing but, uh, uh, it's not annoying me. They haven't done anything that annoys me. They haven't right, done, Usually it just it gets out of the way, right? Yeah. They, they've, yeah, they they haven't created friction in their process. Yes. I mean, you can wish for more dimensions, yes. but um, not much. Not much. Right. Yeah, it doesn't... There's That's not, why all the talk about... Uh, you know, the other day at uh, Genius and then at Abundance 360 about how virtual oh, reality VR. and augmented reality is going to just wipe out Zoom. 
And I said, yeah, but it's good enough. Zoom is not broken. I mean, if yeah. I if if it takes me twenty minutes to to you know to put my uniform on for virtual reality, I'm not going to do it. Right, and that's but that's part of the thing. Like for you know that we did, uh, yeah, these virtual environments. Um, I agree with you, hundred percent. I just think like it'd be you know to have bigger, the more high def. Um, screens like a monitor, if you could have that, a bigger, yeah. bigger monitor, um, clearer camera. Those those little improvements would make it more um, immersive, even. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I think just bigger images would be more um, valuable than these avatar images, you know, fully immersive avatar images. That's not the real thing. Well, here's the thing. Why, why would I want less of the reality of Dean Jackson? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I don't want to be less than that. It's right. Yeah. In other words, yeah. I, I, I like, um, you know, I, I like who Dean is. I like when he raises his eyebrows. I like, uh, you're right. You know, I, I, I like, I like everything about it. why, why, why would I want less of that? I mean, uh, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, and everything like that. And, uh, uh, I'm trying to understand what the motivation is. So I, you know, I can't get right. my hand full. Now here's the thing. Here's where I see VR really, uh, really, uh, huge. I, I see it absolutely huge. First of all, the military, just loves this stuff because right. you can practice and rehearse. You can practice yes. and rehearse. In other words, you can create uh, virtual reality, uh, you know, um, of a place that you're going to invade, a place that yeah. you're going to make a raid on. I, I totally understand. I totally grasp it. And the more, the more realistic and the more that you can do it, I can see. Yeah. The other thing is, um, for example, uh, security work where you can actually reproduce the whole thing and you can, you know, the thing that you have to uh, defend and it's real time, but you can actually go into every nook and cranny of the things that you're trying to protect or maintenance, uh, maintenance, you know, think of maintenance where you'd be able to, um, you know, where it's very, very important that, all the electricity is working, all the plumbing is yes. working, all the, and everything like that. So my sense is that it will go really, really big for the purpose of very specific practical um, situations that are very costly if it requires people to travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Training and education, training, skill training, education training, mm -hmm. totally get it. But I don't see it uh, for what you and I are doing. That. Yeah. I think it's a, but it's a combination of physical things. I think you're right, actually. Now, I, I can imagine if we have glasses, because I just think glasses will be faster adapted than the headgear. Um, but if we did have glasses that I'm thinking about if for home 
or any kind of repair stuff that needs to be done that you can put on the glasses. There's a QR code on the actual thing that you're trying yeah. to fix that brings yeah. up instructions and a video or somebody prompting you, an AI prompting you and what to do next. That would be very helpful. It's about even some of the things like Phil, um, um, the cosmetic um, surgeon in our in our group um, does Phil Miller. Phil, Phil Miller. Miller. Yeah. Some yeah. of those, the uh, yeah, you know, totally. that was pretty interesting. Where you could get inside the ear and see what that uh, what that's all about. Yeah, it's funny though. We we were preparing for. Uh, Abundance 360 had a whole day of more or less um, virtual reality where you had to use Oculus, uh, you know, to do it. And I've never used Oculus. Um, I don't play games. Uh, right. um, I play I play life instead yeah. of games. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I, I I play life. I, I like games. You know, life uh, life is interesting. Anyway, and uh, Glenn Roberts, who has been our tech chief for 25 years, uh, he came over and he walked Babs and I, first Babs and then me, through how to use it and everything else. And yeah. I was about three minutes into it. I said, uh, this feels really stupid. This feels really <laughs> stupid. This Ooh, I'm getting stupider by the minute. I right, getting, right, right, right. I am fading, you know, it's uh, like uh, Hal in, uh, in uh, you know, in, uh, in Space uh, Odyssey. 2001, uh-huh. uh, you know, he starts singing a song that he learned, you know, Daisy, Daisy, you know, because <laughs> he's losing, he's losing all of his, I feel, I feel that I am not as smart as I was when I started. I'm getting really stupid. I'm getting <laughs> before I put this contraption on my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. Right. Getting, this is making me stupider than the machine. <laughs> this is how they're going to take over. They're going to make us stupider than they are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. No, I, I'm I'm more of a fan of. Uh, I think more like the hollow deck is what yeah. we're going to have bigger uh, immersive immersive screens more than. But uh, if you make people, I, I just don't think making people learn hows. Yeah. Given given that we're the who not how originators right. and yeah. and evangelists here, I just can't see how anything that makes you learn more hows. Yeah, where there's a complete spectrum for people who are born for this to people, uh, they won't get this really good in five years. You know, there's right. this complete spectrum. I, I just don't see how that um, will be popular. I just, I just don't see how it will be popular. Yeah, yeah. You know, Zoom, you get it. It doesn't it gets out of the way. It's like immediately there you are. There's the other people. You see them, you're talking to them, you hear them. You don't need to how anything about that. You just be. No. Yeah, I mean, you gave me the time yesterday. You gave me the time yesterday, and I said five minutes beforehand, I'll show up. And five minutes beforehand, I I showed up, and I was there, you know. Yeah. And 
And it was so easy, you know, I mean, it was so easy. Yeah, especially when, that's why I get my uh, my Zoom uh, domain, like my Zoom with Dean domain name, because that even removes anybody having to know a meeting number or a, you know, long URL to go to. It's easy to just say, just go to zoomwithdean.com and I'll let you in. That's it's it. Can I ask you a question? And I don't know the answer to it, so if not, you know, I'm, yep. I'm uh, with Google. Uh, when yeah. you Google yourself, um, yes. does it know that it's you, and therefore it populates the pages with everything related to you? In other words, it's kind of flattering you. This is uh, or let's experiment. Or it, let's experiment Google, right now. Yeah, Google me. I'm going to do that uh, right now. Yeah, just uh, Dan Sullivan. Dan Sullivan. Okay, well, there's who comes up for me is Daniel Scott Sullivan is an American politician and lawyer serving as the junior U.S. senator from Alaska since 2015. Then we'll go down that Dan, Dan, that Dan Sullivan seems to dominate the front page here of everything. There's one. You're at the the first non-that Dan Sullivan entry is strategiccoach.com, our team, where you are listed as the founder of... So you're the last, the last entry on the... Um, of the real um, ones. That's really funny because when I do it, when I'm doing it, uh, Senator Sullivan shows up at the bottom of page two. I have the first two pages all to myself. This is interesting. So what happens when you do Dean Jackson? Uh, Let me check. Hold on a second. Because for me, I dominate all these pages. You're right. Maybe it's just flattering us. You're right there, Dean. Okay. Yeah, I'm two pages deep, and it's all me. Oh, no, there's someone from a a minor league baseball player called Dean Jackson who shows up at the very end of page two. Well, you certainly got two thirds of the first page. You get down to about the two third mark before there's any other Dean Jackson. Uh huh. So there we go. So it's he's a he's a custom wood he's a custom wood designer. Okay, there you go. There. Um, Now, now you have, uh, except for one eight item, you have the whole first page. And let's see, page two. Yeah, it's interesting. For uh, for a while, I had a, because uh, I don't have any I don't have business cards, but I had a business card that uh, Jesse, my uh, designer, made for me that was, 
the little Google search bar with my name in it and a hand, the finger over the, I feel lucky button. (laughs) That was my business (laughs) card for, (laughs) yeah, for a while. Yeah. So you you have, yeah, you have almost the whole first page and two thirds of the second page. Well, there you go. But I don't, I don't. Well, that's, there's probably more Dan Sullivan's than Dean Jackson's. Could be, could be. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but why it should show up so heavy for just me? Well, because you're there. Uh, yeah. I think that's, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm getting our at. own reality. What I'm getting yeah. at. I know, fl- I know flattery works in the mainland. Uh, yeah. It works in, it works in Cloudlandia too. Yes. Well, maybe that's Google knowing your preferences that that's. The, uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, they, uh, yeah, they're not they're, they're not incorrect there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Well, there we go. We're gone to the bottom of something. You uh Yeah. To write a but it's really interesting. I mean, there's uh there's as much complexity to Cloudlandia as there is to the mainland, I'll tell you. I think you're right. Yeah. Except in but, Cloudlandia, uh, you can do it shapes to match what you really want. Yeah. I mean, you that's, can, the, you can, that's the greatest thing. Your own utopia. Yeah. Uh, it's easier for you to clear 40 acres of Cloudlandia than it is to clear 40 acres of the mainland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is the best. 40 acres in the mouth. 40 acres in a clicker or something. That's yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, but it's fun. Uh, you know, uh, I think my my first uh, uh, my first indication that people have uh, a capability in any area of their life is that they've mm-hmm. developed a sense of humor about it. Right. Yeah, and uh, is- and and. One of the things that I find about all the um, uh, there isn't, except for the two of us, uh, of course, uh, except for I don't notice that the tech people who are, you know, pushing Cloudlandia capabilities are really have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And I think they have almost a religious zeal about yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I've had I've tested out religion in the mainland, and uh, I don't have any further need of it in Cloudlandia. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's it. Self-appointment. You get your own version. Yeah, your yeah. Own, you're the mayor of your own Cloudlandia experience. Yeah, yeah. This I got a feeling great. that Cla- I, I got a feeling that Cloudlandia is closer to how God actually operates. <laughs> Oh, I think you're probably right. That's the best. All, all <laughs> things are possible. Yeah, I don't think he's big on travel. That's the best. I love okay, it. Okay, Dean. Okay, we'll, well talk next Well, this has been week. a delight. Yes, I will talk yeah. to you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.